0: In Order, the podcast where two crime-loving sisters go through law and order, SVU episode by episode. I'm your host, Amanda. And I'm Maka. You look so glowy today. (laughs) Like you have a natural highlighter on.
1: It's 90 degrees.
0: (laughs) I'm rubbing ice on my body. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about the blackout that just happened. Where were you when this happened?
1: I was at a comedy show in Brooklyn, and so it literally didn't affect my life at all.
0: Yeah, you're, like, taking pictures of Manhattan. It
1: didn't even affect my skyline view. Everything looked on.
0: (laughs) I loved watching different people's, like, Instagram stories and how it affected them and... Sending them to you to be like, look what you didn't have to go through. That's
1: so why you don't go above 23rd Street. <laughs> Cause I don't think it started till Midtown.
0: I that my what I thought was crazy was like, Rockefeller Center being off and Radio City Music Hall. What well, was
1: like, weird was it wasn't even like, it was just random.
0: Yeah, it was like, look at this side of the street all the lights on. Look at this side, Radio City Music Hall. Like J Lo having to cancel her concert because
1: Yeah, that would really suck.
0: <laughs> I think that they redid the concert like two days later because there was nothing happening.
1: Yeah, but what if you were in town? Just for that. I know. Yeah, a lot of people do that. Oh my gosh. Have
0: you been doing the face app that makes you look old? No. I haven't done it either, but someone just sent me a picture of Carrington. That's rude. We need to do Olivia and Elliot.
1: (laughs) That's mean.
0: Okay, episode four is called Hysteria.
1: Do you want to kick us off? It opens up in my least favorite SVU environment. We're at Stapler's home. (laughs) Um, his anorexic and training daughter is talking <laughs> about her friend got her navel pierced and stapler sa- and she was saying like she wanted piercings I think and stapler says your mom said no holes so no holes
0: okay side note do you remember when I got my belly button pierced vaguely I got it pierced like as soon as I turned 18, we were in the bathroom that we shared getting ready and you saw it immediately ran behind me and ran to mom and told her she runs down the stairs to our bathroom
1: and is like, take that out. What's so weird is why do you care if your kid has a hole? (laughs) Why
0: did you tattle like immediately?
1: Ah, like, because you were psycho and told on everything. Um, But his daughter's wearing butterfly clips and a black choker. So I kind of like her a little more now. (laughs) And then they turn to the younger daughter for, like, a lighter talk than holes. (laughs) And the daughter says... Her friend, and he's like, oh, soccer, and she goes, no, school, she's pregnant, and I wrote down, I guess he couldn't escape the whole talk, (laughs) but anyways, onwards and upwards from Stabler's house, finally, we get to a murder, do you want to take this?
0: Stabler and Benson are like on a crime scene and they're introduced to like a jerk face cop, which is just funny because basically if you're not in SVU, you, you must be like chauvinist or just a jerk. And what else? What other negative do they all have? All the qualities that they have. Italian. Um, <laughs> so they ask. If if he's homicide and he's like, sorry, no, just vice. And then he mentions how he is now partnered with a rookie. And that guy like is off puking to the side. It's his his first first DOA. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, so I'm giving the kid a break and send him to get some coffee. So he goes on to describe that these like looky loos came and found the body after they were following like a little. I looked, they, he called it the the Frommer's Guide, just just a guide that you can use for a book that you can buy for New York City. So it kind of veered off of like whatever that book had told them to do. And they saw Times Square and the Disney store and a bonus, a dead whore. And
1: then Benson was like, well, how do you know that she's a prostitute? Did somebody already ID the body? And he goes, after 30 years in vice, I think I know you get a point to where you can just smell them. And Benson was clearly annoyed, so she set, basically said, go away. And he's like, all right, all right.
0: So we see, like, a girl lying on her stomach with a plastic bag over her head, and she's wearing, like, a short gold skirt and, like, a black bralette top. She yeah. And then that creepy cop guy's, like, just staring at the body, at the victim, and Olivia's staring at him, staring at her, at the victim, she's like, hey, you want to go check on your partner? will understand.
1: Well, that's what I meant when I said sent her off. Oh, yeah. Or sent him off. And but then- it was just creepy
0: how he was, like, watching her. Like,
1: she's not going... I mean, that just that, like, interaction. Because she's, like, a cute girl. He was being creepy. I guess they... Get a rundown. He tried to asphyxiate her and bash her head in, as well as her skirt was pulled up. They're on a construction site and think maybe she came back willingly. Where there's a 60-man crew was working there yesterday. They did have one shoe print with blood tracks in it, and it's partial, but hopefully something will come up from it. Like it's uh A shoe print. D'Angelo came back to the
0: scene asking for an extra print so he could put it on their bulletin board. Oh, yeah. And Stabler says, Have a little respect and don't get your boxers in a twist. She's NHI. And NHI means no humans involved. So Stabler says, Means don't work too hard on the, means don't work too hard on this one. Why sweat it? The victim was just a useless piece of garbage. And Olivia says, kind of like a cop who ought to retire. So now they're back at the
1: station. They're talking the case over with Craig and he tells them to go with their photo and see if they can find any co-workers who know who she is. Um, Munch has a different case he's got to work on. Monique tells him not to screw it up with his insane rambling and to stop looking at my ass (laughs) as she walks away, because he was. And then Benson and Stapler go to the streets, and people scatter. Like They walk up to a group of working girls. And everyone scatters. And I noticed they had like a Hasidic Jewish man run. So then I went like a deep dive of like are Hasidic men known for hiring prostitutes. What did you find? And it was like, yeah, but I guess just like any other man would. But it was like specifically talking about in Williamsburg, how it wouldn't be uncommon for you to see like pull up and see like prostitutes in a minivan. Or like one prostitute was talking about, I found like an article, a sex worker was saying how she lived in East Williamsburg and they would always be really nervous. And it was just very different. They're very different clients than a normal client would be. Because of religion, obviously. Then uh, they're just saying, we're not vice. And I didn't know what vice was, so I Googled it. And vice is police officers who work against things like prostitute, prostitution, illegal gambling, pornography, and the illegal sell of guns, alcohol, or drugs. Um, but yeah. And I thought it was weird, so when they go up to these women, they're showing a Polaroid of the victim's dead body. But well, that's all they have, is- I guess. That's crazy. I know. And no one recognizes her. They're obviously, like, on guard, and they're like, no, we're not going to do anything to any of you guys. We really are trying to protect you. We have reason to believe he's targeting working girls. And so they're just, like, asking them, has anyone ever done anything like this to you or tried anything like this to you? And that one girl who, I mean, she looked really young.
0: She had said, she's like, oh, I've had some crazy things done to me. And they're like, really? When? Or who? Or something, you know, tell us more, basically. And she's like, well, I wish I would have uh, brought my photo album, I. My whole family basically did this to me, and that's why I've, like, run away, and
1: that's why I'm out here. And then Sailor's like, all right, well, we're looking for someone who, like, might have put a garbage bag over the head. And one of the girls says she knows someone who that did happen to, and she escaped, a Puerto Rican named Lorenda. I worked Times Square with her, but don't know where she went after the sweep. Might check ninth, meaning ninth of. which
0: but is where that, you basically just told us not to go. What? Didn't you just say at the beginning of this, tell us to not go above
1: twenty third? Yeah, but ninth is the avenue. Twenty oh.
0: I do not understand the directions there
1: or the streets when they are on. I don't know. Well, either way, nine would be below twenty three. You said don't go below or don't go above. Don't is, go above. Oh, okay. I was thinking below. And then it says they go to Ninth and Thirty Eighth, and they interview a group of trans ladies, and they say, "Yeah, they know her. She tried to move in with a pack of tramps after Juliana cleaned up Times Square." Giuliani. So I guess, Giuliani? I don't know. Yeah, Giuliani. I'm oh like, I don't
0: know. <laughs> it's like Juliana sounds like Juliana Rancic.
1: <laughs> they um. Well, it's because I type my notes into my computer and it it. auto-corrects everything. So I probably, that's like half the reason I have no idea what I'm saying. So Times Square was cleaned up. So then people had to find different areas that they would work in. And so it became like a turf war of like if trans women stick together and then the other women stick together and no one wants to mix in with each other for whatever reason. So then they were, like, kind of making fun of what Lorenda looked like. Didn't they, like, make fun of her hair or something? And they said they had a turf war and scared them away. Lorenda did try and sneak back in as a trans woman, but they had to bitch slap that girl to Tuesday. And they're eating chicken wings while they say this. And, like, when she said... That bitch to Tuesday, the other girl, like, giggles, because I, like, even screenshot it.
0: What did you think of, like, their makeup, their whole look? It was not good. (laughs) Which is funny, because I had just watched... Are you watching The Real Housewives of New York?
1: No, but I was, like, in Euphoria, where their makeup's amazing, and then to watch that...
0: (laughs) Well, I haven't watched it, but I watched this old episode of, um, I mean, it was just a couple days old of um, Watch What Happens Live, and it was Chrissy Teigen on, just her, but then um, Luann does a song at the end, and it's all about this, like, brand of clothing that she's wearing, and all these, like, girls came up. With their makeup done perfectly, I mean, it was, like, where you're, like, oh, my gosh, I wish I could do my makeup that well. And Like, drag queens? Drag queens came out, yeah. They we came out. I said girls. Oh. These drag queens came out looking, like, perfect, and then the, when you, like,
1: watch this episode, you're, like, this looks awful. It's yeah, just, it was, like, they tried to get someone to do drag makeup.
0: They just, like, put was, on a green wig.
1: It was, like, not- What? They didn't do a good job. I think that's what they were trying to do. Which is like... Drag makeup's usually the best makeup you will ever see. So
0: <laughs> Times have changed, basically, between now and then again.
1: So stay I mean, par- I think drag makeup was probably amazing then. They just didn't hire I the know. right makeup artists.
0: No, or they just didn't portray it that way on TV.
1: Now they'll be like... But also, just because you're trans doesn't mean you're wearing drag makeup, and I think that's the difference of, like, they didn't know better or care to know better.
0: So, Stabler and Benson walk back to their car, and they notice it's been egged, and then Stabler oh, I didn't even know what that was. I thought it was bird poop. Oh, I think it was egg. I, why else did they show just bird poop on a car? No, I literally was like, oh. <laughs> So, um, Staler begins to tell Benson about his daughter sharing that her friend is pregnant and then they find out that their friend's only 14 and he is going to call child services to pick up Rose, which was the girl I was talking about earlier, because there's no way she's legal.
1: The one whose family with the photo album.
0: Yeah, she said, I could give you my family photo album. Benson is like, don't do that
1: because we promised. She's like, let's go by the diner first and see if Vice knows who who she is. is. Because they want to find her to see. That could be their missing link to who who the murderer is since she escaped. And then I've got my first idea for merch comes from the next scene (laughs) when they're talking to the medical person. And she was like, I mean, this girl was pretty like clean, had no drugs in her system. And she was like, that's very rare for a working girl. And then she also had expensive orthodontist work, whole grains in her stomach with vegetables and soybeans. And the medical woman says, Met, Health yeah. conscious hooker. <laughs> and Olivia said, How 90s? And health conscious hooker is who I think we should all be aspiring to be in 2019. So that's our first merch. And then do you want to take us to the random court case? Well, you missed a big chunk. Uh, well, I'm just rounding about everything. Okay, it's perfect. Oh,
0: there's something that I wanted to point out because they did show a scene. Like, they keep showing all these, like, your least favorite scenes of Stapler and his family. But uh, they're not showing, like, Olivia having, like, a lot I mean they did the first episode. She had dinner with her mom. That was what they showed us. But this time they showed Olivia and
1: Monique rock climbing. Oh yeah, I like totally was like it it just I didn't see the point of it but go.
0: No, I just think it's interesting because it's kind of like, oh the man can have the work life, the family life and all the things, but a woman's gotta either choose to have like a career or she can have like the family, and, and I feel like this this show is showing that like oh Stabler can have it all, and then Benson you know has to hang out with the other girl that she works with because <laughs> she can't have a private life, and they go and wrong
1: they were anymore. talking about how misogynistic D'Angelo the vice cop was.
0: Yes, that was just my I, one thing I wanted to say was like oh look they're already showing like. Olivia can't have both, like Stabler can. We can keep showing him and his family and all their drama, but, like, Olivia will go hang out with her girlfriend and talk about work. True. (laughs) So we go to the court, and Munch is on the stand. She or he is talking about or speaking for a victim that he spoke to that claimed to be molested by Dr. So she went to see her doctor for Prozac, but the doctor diagnosed her with hysteria and recommended an alternative treatment to chemical dependency. The victim was told to disrobe, put her feet in the stirrups, and try to picture David Hasselhoff on Baywatch. So the lawyer cries, objection. Witness is not qualified to the treatment of hysteria. And he says, actually, I am. And up until 1952, hysteria was one of the most commonly diagnosed illnesses among women. The medical treatment was hysterical par... What was the word? Parogrism.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: (laughs) And then the court reporter's like, um, could you spell that? Basically, I'm just saying what I just did. And he says,
1: O-R-G-N. A S M and her face was like, Oh, so just like from that, I wanted to Google like if, cause they were saying in hysteria when it was diagnosed, that literally was the treatment that was given. So I wanted to like Google that and not is true and that's why vibrators were invented because doctors would have to like stimulate the woman and they wanted to save their handwork but hysteria is vaguely defined as sexual frustration that's what they considered hysteria (laughs) so they were saying european men and american men didn't believe women could orgasm and that woman would go and complain to doctors of anxiety, sleeplessness, irritability, nervousness, erotic fantasies, feelings of heaviness in the lower ab- abdomen, and wetness between the leg. This syndrome became known as hysteria, and all of it was with sexual frustration. <laughs> And so then in 1952 is when they stopped doing that. And then this doctor not only did that to her, but recorded it. <laughs> Ugh.
0: <laughs> okay, so now we're going to go back to the station, and Monique is going to inform everybody that they think that they found a match based on the description of their Jane Doe. Um African-American girl, 19. Her name's Tracy Henderson, and she lives in Bronxville, and she'd been missing for two days.
1: She is from (laughs) Bronxville. Oh, Um, yeah, because she's in college. And so they go to the parents' house. It's in a very affluent neighborhood. They knock on the door, and the mom answers in hysterics, like, already, and then calls for the husband to come when they say who they are. They let her know, or let both of them know, they might have found their daughter. And they ask, like, when's the last time you spoke to her? They say she calls every Sunday. Stabler asks if they know what their daughter does in Manhattan. And he says, yeah, she's a sophomore at Columbia majoring in cultural studies and volunteers at the literacy center. And they show the Polaroid to the dad and the mom loses it and the dad seems like eerily calm to me like it gave me a little bone chill and the mom cries why why and Benson says that's what we're trying to figure out and the dad looks confused and stapler says I'm sorry but your daughter was dressed rather provocatively and the dad's like, okay, what are you trying to say? And then Benson says, we have reason to believe Tracy's attacker was targeting prostitutes. The mother with, I just awkwardly notice her tears were already dried, <laughs> gets up and slaps Benson across the face. And then they go back to the no, office. She's- She
0: stopped, I mean, she slapped. I mean, I mean, Stabler. Stabler. Yeah, I was like, she didn't.
1: (laughs) She slapped Stabler across the face because he's the one who said it. And back up. And this woman was a tiny, tiny petite woman. Back at the office, Stabler was icing his face. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) I was like. And And it's not like like a full-on punch. She just slapped him. Yeah, and Munch is, like, giving him shit.
0: Yeah, because we come back, and it's, like, Monique and Munch, like, constantly bickering like they always are.
1: I know. Do they ever date?
0: I don't. I mean, she. I feel like she doesn't stay on the show very long. Oh. Which I like their dynamic. And so I wish. But, I mean, maybe she does. I just don't remember her storyline at all. This is where they say something about a he-she turf war,
1: and that made me like, like, why they keep using this he-she. Oh, yeah. And then Olivia and Benson were like, Olivia and Benson? God, why can I? I'm (laughs) the worst with names. It's like, don't even listen to me. Zabler and Benson? They're saying, like, to everyone in the office like we might want to rethink this prostitute thing because I don't know that this girl is a prostitute and Munch is like because she's from a good family and Sabler goes model family like corrects him I'm like what does that mean um and Benson throws in and she does charity work for god's sake and then Munch asks like typical male bullshit why is she wearing rock my world pumps and not to mention a micro mini and a belly shirt? <laughs> and Monique is like, because it's freaking hot. And literally Monique is right. Because I <laughs> today I could have just worn a bikini, which is like basically what she was wearing, a bikini and a metal skirt. I was wearing a bikini because I was at my friend's house, then walked the bridge and I almost took my shirt off. Because it's really, really (laughs) hard. Something. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, and Benson's like, are you saying she'd be asking for it? And then Stabler even goes, all I know is I'd never let my daughters go dressed out like that. And Benson goes, yeah, right. Just wait. (laughs) (laughs) And it so annoys me, like, if I have kids ever... I don't want to argue with what you wear. It's like, there's so many things to argue about. Let people, like, wear what they want to wear. I just don't understand. I just wrote, we find out... Munch basically thinks all women are whores. At least hookers get their money up front, unlike ex-wives who go through the back end. Oh, yeah. And then... Then we had to... We find out that Tracy had a boyfriend, but no one really knows a lot about him. So they go to Wall Street to meet him, and he's like the typical hetero douche you would think you would be.
0: <laughs> like wow.
1: so fratastic, yes. They take him into. he is like telling someone what to do or something, and they come up and they're like, hey, we're here because Tracy died. And he's like, He's he's like, like, let me uh, take
0: you back to this office.
1: Hold on. Let me shut the door. And they asked for his alibi, and he was like, I was watching the Yankees game at my friend's house. And they're like, can we have his number? And he starts to walk away, and then he randomly has his friend's card in his pocket. And he's like, here you go. (laughs) And they're like, okay. Thanks. And then they're like, well, does she have any other boyfriends? He's like, no, she's like a good girl. And then he suggests maybe checking the literacy center where she volunteered. Did I miss anything? No, that's good. And then they go to the literacy center. And Stabler realized one of the girls that was killed was just six blocks away from where they are. Carmine, Carmel, Carmel,
0: yeah. Mm
1: The
0: victim right before
1: her, before Tracy,
0: before Tracy.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And then they're talking to the lady who runs the literacy literacy center, and she's like, "Everyone loved Tracy." Um, Then they ask, like, has anyone not been showing up who's normally here? And she is actually one guy has missed a few days and he's a parolee from Rikers. So then they're like, okay, we should go check out his place and see what his alibi is for that night. And then they go knock on his apartment door. And did you notice those stairs and stuff look just like my old apartment? It reminded me of your old apartment, yes. Where it has, like, windows on each
0: floor of the stairway. Yeah. So they go and knock on this door, and no one answers. They bang it down, and they see that he's clearly been dead for a while. Would they say? A week? At least a week. And they, like, kind of
1: walk away.
0: Yeah, and that's it. That's all we hear about that guy. I mean, he
1: over- od like you, right? They say later. They don't yeah. even tell you that.
0: I feel like they saw you saw, like, drug paraphernalia or something that made you think, like,
1: that that was happening or that would be the outcome anyway. And then they're back at the office. Craig and Monique. And was it Munch and what's his face? Cassidy. And Cassidy. Yeah, I was like, hold on, I, it'll come to are, me. Or, like, literally going back to the drawing boards on a chalkboard, being like, is was Tracy just a victim of being, like, a wrong place, wrong time, and she's not actually a prostitute? Her, Carmel. Carmel received blunt force trauma to the head. She was asphyxiated with a garbage bag and left in a sexualized position. And then Munch is, like, cut and paste with Tracy. Um, Carmel. Oh gosh, <laughs> why can't I say this? Carmel had a crime scene contamination with a police officer gloves. And that's when they, I think. Oh, yeah,
0: that.
1: yeah the they powder, talk about the police officer glove. The powder from his gloves. So. Uh, fingerprints, but it wasn't from the tech. They were like, it was from a cop. It wasn't from the medical exam. So what
0: I asked Carlos, because my husband's, like, currently in um, nursing school, I was like, how could they tell if one, from one glove to the other? Like, how can you tell this is a police glove versus a medical glove? And he was saying there's no powder in medical gloves because they need it to be as clean as possible. So if there's powder, and they'll put powder in, you know, a police glove so you get it on and off faster. Mm. So that was my question because I was like, what the heck? They're both like latex gloves. Besides the color maybe. If anybody's listened to Up and Vanish, that was a big deal in that
1: podcast.
0: Mm.
1: With the color of the gloves. Olivia and Benson show up to the drawing board. And cross out the guy they just found out. And that's when we find out he died of an overdose. So they're like, cross him out. And craigan's like, if you're going to cross people off, you need to add people. <laughs> oh, yeah. So then they start talking about, oh. Lorenda. They need to find Lorenda. Because they're like, that's the one key we're missing. Like, she could tell us what this guy looks like. And they said the closest we've come to finding her is ninth. The trans women weren't forthcoming about the he-she turf war. That's when she says that. Oh, okay. And then um, Cassidy says, uh, they're, like, chit-chatting, and then he's like, oh, Ginzevort, by the meat market. That's, like, where they go. And they look at him like, how do you know? Cause Gansevoort <laughs> and cause where they went on ninth before was ninth and 38. This area is like ninth and 14th, like way lower mm-hmm. and meat packing now is like where clubs and stuff are. And like, they cleaned it all up. Like DVF is there, the high lines there. It's like all very preppy and like, whatever now. But That's where the museum is, the new... Yeah. So I guess in 1999 it was Rougher. a little more rough around at the edges. And um, so then they go there and they immediately see Lorenda trying to solicit a customer. <laughs> the first and only
0: person they run into is basically
1: Lorenda who is the
0: salinas leva leva i'm sorry that i am uh messing her name up but she is gloria mendoza on the orange is the new black
1: and they take her back to the office and then she was like kind of scared because i think she had had a record and they're like no we literally just want to help you we want to find out who hurt you and she was saying she couldn't see the face because they came at her with a flashlight above her head pointing down to blind her sight. And then he came around her, and that's when he put the bag over her head. And she said she was trying to grab his hands, but he was wearing medical gloves, so she couldn't grab them so tight. So she reached down, twisted his co. No,
0: cojones.
1: And got the hell out of there. And then they keep going over and over and over again with her. And she's getting so frustrated. And she's like, why do you care now? Did he attack someone who actually matters? And then they feel like shit. And then she leaves. And then they're talking to, like, the whole team. And, like, telling them, like, oh, she had... They're like, acting it out. Yeah. And they're like... And then he came around... Like, Benson and Stabler acting it out. And and then Munch was like... If he came at her with a flashlight above her head pointing down... Who does that? Cops do that. Because they probably have
0: their sho- shooting hand. Like, yeah.
1: And then... Like we know how to blind people. Like, he's like, we know what we're doing. We know how to do that. And then they were like, oh, doctor's gloves could be police gloves. (laughs) Like they finally (laughs) get it. Yeah. Well, I guess they didn't have her, anyone else to say. And then they were like, oh, that ties up with the last case of the, like, Or what that previous case of the partial fingerprints or whatever. So they're going to... Then they're they're like, we know it's a cop.
0: Yeah. So they immediately think of, like, jerk face D'Angelo and think, like, oh, he's a cop that would, like, probably rough a girl up is something that they are thinking. So... Cragen's going to go to dinner with one of the original no, or you
1: forgot they meet up with they go to like other girls working and they ask them. They're like, have any cops ever tried to rough you guys up or been a little bit too rough with you. Like we're trying to find someone that is a bad cop. Like, do you know anyone? And one of the girls says a big Italian vice dick. He spit a toothpick right in my face. D'Angelo. That's right. Then, then they're like, all right. But they were thinking D'Angelo before, but then not just like solidified it. So take us to the romantic dinner. That Craig <laughs> so and-
0: then Craig and like the law and order guy that were, was featured in the last episode are at a, you know, fancy steakhouse dinner. And just get right into it and figure they're asking. He's asking him about D'Angelo. Like, do you think this guy could be someone that we should be looking into? And it's when he says something about Ripley's, believe it or not. No, Ridley, his partner. um, That's someone that you should look into, which is like the first time we're hearing this because remember, we heard that he has a new partner. And he has a little rookie because that's the one that was throwing up at the beginning, like one of the first scenes of the show, this episode. So they go and they find,
1: they go to Ridley's house. He is washing his car. Wait, so they, when they're on the dinner, at the very end of it, Kragan goes to order um, Perrier, or no, there are arguing over if Perrier or Pellettrino (laughs) is better. And I was like, it's obviously Topo Chico, bitch. (laughs) You guys need to
0: come down here and have some Topo Chico.
1: No, but then they go back to the office and they bring him Ridley's folder to Benson and... Stabler. Stabler? And... They go through and it says two assault complaints against prostitutes, both dropped. Domestic abuse cl- complaint against his ex-wife also dropped. And then they go, wait till you look at a psych report in the back. And Stabler goes, red flags. And Cragen goes, looks like China. Probably something else that you... <laughs> It wouldn't be written in a script. No, because China's red flag. I know. And then Craigan goes, You got to go all the way back to his childhood, basically. And he goes, Find the first oh, sap- sham box he ever farted in. <laughs> so they go and visit his old neighbor. And they his old neighbors were like, the, It was a couple. And the couple. The husband was like, that guy was like a troublemaker, basically. And the mom was like... Yes, 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 yes. I did not write any of this down. The mom was like, I feel bad for him because his mom was basically a working girl. And if Saltines were outside on the porch, he wasn't allowed in. That meant she was working with a client. Yeah, and she talked about how he could obviously
0: hear everything and he knew it was happening. And sometimes it would be super cold outside and all she'd give him was the saltines and yeah, leave him out there for hours. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. kind of make the connection of, like, how he feels about Women the
1: working and Women, yeah, in general. Sex workers. Oh, and then, like, also Stabler goes to, like, talk to his younger daughter about sex and they're Playing soccer. Singing She's a goalie, and he's using all these, like, innuendos about, like, how you have to use safe sex and, like, don't have sex and how that aligns with being a goalie. But he's not saying that. And the daughter finally goes, Dad, I'm a virgin, okay? Like, she got what he was trying to say.
0: (laughs) And he just stood there like, okay. (laughs) Like. She literally looks like she's 11 years
1: old. It was very strange, you know, but like, I guess. I think she- the first thing he said was never commit unless you know where you're coming from or something. <laughs> and she, everything, she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and
0: uh, then. Awkward dads.
1: Uh, stapler walks in on Benson and, and she fell asleep in the locker room because she worked all night. Again, no life for her. And she found a pattern of sex workers being murdered for the past 30 years. And she takes them into the room where she had all the photos hung. And they're all in the same position with their hands out to their sides, laying down. Face up, like legs bent pretty much the same way. like, And when they're all laid out, they look like they're holding hands. So Stabler goes, looks like a stream of paper dolls. And then they're like, all right, now we got to go get Ridley." Ridley cleaning his car or waxing it.
0: So he's saying he won the police lottery whenever they like walk up to him. It's not, I mean, it's, you know, the chief and it's, Stabler, Ampens, all of them. And then there's even more cops that you eventually see like creeping in behind them. I don't know if you noticed, but so immediately want his weapon. Like get that off of his hip and then Olivia's like he's getting another weapon! And he's like literally just trying to put the wax lid back on. Like they're so creeped out by this guy on edge. And so they bring him in and they're kind of like they put him in the room, and he's just staring at what we just called like the paper dolls. Like he is just staring at all of them, and it looks like he's just like looking at his staring at his work. Yes, like his masterpiece. I
1: mean, it's so creepy. I think it says they left him in there alone for forty five minutes. Go ahead. And he even said like it only took you thirty one years, and he's like the irony. I I almost had it out of my system. You gave me, but he goes, but you gave me too much credit. This one's not mine. And Stabler is like, 18 gets you the same legal injection as 19. And he goes, lethal. I know. Ne- and lethal injection. Oh, yeah, lethal. And he said, <laughs> he wants his like murders documented correctly or something, basically. Like, he's like, no, honestly, that last one wasn't mine. And when they walk out, Craig and, like, I believe him, they were all placed in the same exact position except Trace- Tracy in remote places. And he talks about like FBI training, like we have to look at patterns. And if it's not that pattern, then it's not him. So he's like, someone else definitely did her murder and right after they figure that out the father comes by to thank them for arresting their daughter's murder and they have to say well actually we haven't
0: and so he's like oh okay you know they were like we're gonna i promise you stabler's like i promise you we are gonna find her and so it's kind of a somber little moment but Then the chief's like, okay, so who else, like, who have you talked to? And they were like the boyfriend, you know, he was, she was supposed to meet the boyfriend. And he basically was like, well, you know, what was his, you know, what was his alibi? Was the guy extra friendly or extra helpful? And they're like, you know what? He did just pull his friend's like conveniently had the guy's business card in his pocket, ready to give to the cops. I and Olivia you, Justin, goes, and I,
1: know my-
0: I know my best friend's number by heart, which I'm like, nope, I can't say I know that anymore. I don't even think I could say your phone number.
1: Um. Do you know mine? Yeah, <laughs>
0: 281. Okay, stop. Are you kidding me?
1: So then they like, it's weird to me that they never even interviewed his alibi and they go and meet up with the best friend. And they
0: make it, he makes it seem like he did because he's like, well, we were watching this. He's my best friend. Like he was they make the friend makes it seem like you guys already. Uh, talked they just about him, but they don't show it. it. So, yeah, his friend explains <laughs>
1: that Dennis is basically a cheater. Well, he's like, he's going to marry this other girl, but he wanted some strange. So he dated Tracy, meaning he's, like, the whitest white guy. And I guess, well, when people say strange, they mean new or different. So I guess he met Black. And, like, she was the hottest girl in the club, and Dennis got her, like, and he's like, but the drape, what did he say? The carpet doesn't match the drapes or drapes doesn't match the carpet. Whatever that saying is. She was like inexperienced. She wasn't a drinker. Like she had her first glass of wine and she woke up hungover. She was a virgin. And um, like instantly fell in love with him, apparently. And Stabler said so. He didn't get the jungle fever he was looking for. And the front, the front also had the worst like fake. Accent. um, Oh, it, like his voice. he's like more like the iced mocha i was like oh could they not have gotten literally anyone else on side? but anyway so then they cut okay then they're no, like he All says, right.
0: he's my friend like he was saying something about like oh, yeah. i stood up for him because he's my friend and olivia's like so get a new one
1: she did So, but he said, so the night she was murdered, she calls him up to go dancing. Um, She says she'll wear something wild for once, but Dennis stood her up and went home alone. That's why he asked me to lie. And then they remember the crime scene. There was a partial footprint. The... Shoe print. I mean, shoe print. Valentini brother shoes. And then... Olivia was like, they're sold exclusively at one location because she apparently sees the commercial all the time. And so they go to that shoe store and they go, well, we've sold 12 in that size. And they go, so we need the 12 receipts. But then they never like say if he was one of the receipt holders, then they just go back to the office with like a bag of shoes or dumped on the desk. That they got from his house, his locker room, his work. And then they look at his re- voter registration. They're like, whoops, we forgot his home address. His parents, he saw his parents' permanent address. So then they go to the parents' house and they're talking to the parents. And they're like, did you know that your son was dating this girl? and they were like, no, she's beautiful. And they go, well, would you have a problem that she's black?
0: As a black maid is walking in the background. Full maid, co- like, not costume, uniform, is walking in the background.
1: And they're like, <laughs> no. They were like, well, that's weird. She would never, they, he would never mention her or whatever. And then the son walks in and he's like, what are you guys doing here?
0: What so I thought was strange is they start telling him, uh, or yeah, they start describing like the scene of the crime and like what could have happened or what they think happened. And the parents are just listening. First like they're these wealthy family and they're not like, Oh my gosh, stop talking. We need to get a lawyer. They're just listening in the background, like
1: Oh, I thought the dad did say.
0: No, because they talk the whole time. They they describe the whole thing. And then, um they just
1: listened. The mom almost defended the cops. Cause she's like, well, why didn't you ever tell us about her? Yeah. And
0: then Olivia's like, Oh my God, he's wearing them. And he had the shoes on. They've been looking at, cause they said, Oh, they did ask him to look in his gym bag and they weren't in
1: there either. And then it ends with stapler literally whispering. He probably leaned in too nice shoes (laughs) and then it's over so I guess he did it but my thing is I would love to do a bonus episode about different cases this could be based off of because there are like way too many well do we want to talk about the first one that we thought of yeah, but it was way after this, and that's oh, why yeah. I'm saying this is obviously, like, an issue that has been going on forever.
0: Yeah, because this guy who we immediately thought of was born in 1986, so, like, this would not have been him. But this was an Oklahoma City Police Department patrol officer. He was convicted um, in 2015, December 2015, of multiple counts of rape, sexual battery, forcible oral sodomy and other
1: charges yeah and all of it happened because these women were too scared to report it they knew cops wouldn't care so no one bothered to report it and then I vaguely remember like watching like the dateliner 2020 for this and did like a woman report it how did it start like a female officer found out about it and I don't know if it was reported or how she found out and then she went digging and she was like, oh, hell no. I'm going rep- like to have these girls back. She was li- literally a real Olivia Benson. So this cop had gotten off of work around
0: two. Okay. The offense that led him to his arrest allegedly happened at 2 a.m. on June 18th. So he had already completed his shift on the northeast side of Oklahoma City, driving to his residence from his assi- in his assigned police vehicle. During that time, the police said he made a traffic stop without reporting to the, da- the police da- uh, dispatch, running records check on the driver or revealing that he logged off of his patrol computer. The driver was Janie Liggins, a 57-year-old woman who was passing through the impoverished area that the police said. Um, He was targeting unlike other women, though, she was not poor and had no police record. She said that he forced her to perform oral oral sex on him, made her lift her shirt and pull down her pants. He then she testified that she had begged him to stop and she was afraid for her life. So she went and filed a police report immediately. Because she had didn't have anything to lose. I mean, you know, she didn't have that hanging over him that he could, you know. You know, you've had so many reports or something. So he just, you know, did the wrong girl at the wrong time. Which was sad because he lived with his girlfriend at the time. Like, she had no idea she was, like, living with the monster. I kind of remember the girlfriend being like, this is not true. This can't be true. But. He was convicted of, let me see, but he did have, like, a type. He was accused of sexually assaulting multiple African-American women over a period of December 2013 to June 2014, and he did. He targeted this one portion of the city. He would run background checks on them with outstanding warrants and criminal records and then target them. So that's. this is what he did not do with this lady, and— Thankfully, she went straight to um the police, and it says he was convicted by an all-white jury of eighteen of the thirty six charges. Okay, so this guy usually he at first had a bail of five million dollars, and they reduced it to five hundred thousand. Why? And they said it was so insulting and infuriating that they wanted to stand up and say, no, this is not OK. So sorry, this is. Um, so this was. It says in the absence of the nas- absence of a national. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Sorry, hold on. In the absence of national attention to Oklahoma City women, their names were Grace Franklin and Candace Liger maybe L I G E R uh, formed a group called the OKC artists for justice to bring attention to this case. So they said it began to organize when his bail was reduced, like to an insulting and infuriating amount. They wanted to stand up for stand up and say, no, this is not okay. You cannot let a man who's attacked and raped 13 women per the charges, go home and have Christmas dinner with his family while those women are still in fear. So they reached out to many national groups and received a little response. It kind of fuels the feeling of separation between Black so-called feminists and white feminists. Why aren't there more women out here of all shades and of all backgrounds for these women? Why are we
1: doing this alone? And also, why when we talk about the like Me Too movement and they say like abuse of power as a director, abuse of power as your boss, abuse of power. I think the biggest abuse of power is the person we pay our tax money to that's supposed to serve and protect you. To do that, I don't understand why they always get off light. Or get excuses made for them. It's disgusting. And this is why people are so freaking scared of cops all the time.
0: Yeah, it was just crazy because I was telling, you know, you earlier when I was reading about this that like even one article just talked and talked about his like football career, which is like, this is irrelevant. Like who cares that he was a good football player? He was a disgusting cop and like a nasty human being. So You know, that website eventually closed, and that reporter, you know, stopped writing for that website before it closed. But because people were outraged, like, we don't need to celebrate him for being good at a sport when he's gross.
1: Oh, I was just going to say in New York, like last year, seven cops were arrested in a gambling slash prostitution ring. And I feel like that could be a whole thing on its own. It was a three-year investigation. And then I was reading, I guess I read it too many times because my link isn't working, and it was to a New York Times article. So now it's saying I need to log in. But one of the articles I was reading was saying how prostitution now, because all these neighborhoods of where you used to go up and solicit people on the street are too gentrified. So now it's becoming almost even more dangerous because then now it's like people who might not even want wanna be participating are being forced into it, which could mean it's these kids across the border or whatever. Into apartments, so now it's in apartments and landlords are in on it. A lot of times, a police officer will be in on it. Oh. And so, it was saying in like nice neighborhoods, like Park Slope is a really nice family neighborhood. If I noticed like men were buzzing the door, like strange men throughout the whole night, and I'd report it to my landlord or I report it to a cop and they are in on it, these people continue to do it and nothing was happening. So I don't know if that that was one article and it was saying and I think it had to do with the thing where the seven cops were also arrested. But it was throughout several buildings throughout Queens and Brooklyn where all of this was happening. And a lot of it. It's crazy.
0: Well, do you have anything that you are obsessed with this week?
1: I'm still obsessed with Euphoria. It's, it's coming so out like good. episode by like, ep-
0: like week by week, right?
1: Yeah, so you literally have to be like, "Oh my god, I have to wait a whole week." I haven't well, felt what like else that are you about you Watching actually. in the meantime,
0: that. or is there a podcast that you're loving or something? Mm. Not really. <laughs> What about you? I just finished another book and it's called The Secret Life of Bees. It is not new by any means, but I could not put this down. I I mean, it has really good reviews on um, Goodreads. If you are someone that keeps track of the books that you've read. And so now I've started. Today I started um, Yes Please by Amy Poehler. So maybe I can tell you about that. And I'm sure I will love the crap out of this.
1: I'm like, I need a new book. I'm still finishing Anthony Bourdain's book. I love that we're ending with the
0: police sirens in the background.
1: Is when this. Oh, you can. Can you hear the wind? I have my windows. Police. No, I just hear the police cars. But even I will that? say I don't hate police, even though my local police blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> okay.
0: Can only imagine why that happened. Okay. Thanks for listening. Follow us. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram for at uh, Laws and Order. Um subscribe leave a review rate us all leave the a things. hate mail <laughs> if you have something nasty to say don't say it we're all about the positiveness
1: and have a day have a day can
0: you say s v u can you say law and order what a turn. What